promises of uh anyway it's future zao um we're back what's going on dude how much we're back um i'm injured but we're back yeah max injured max on ir yeah um, the or as in mlb they say the uh, injured list instead of the disabled list um so is that a recent thing that was a couple years ago yeah why because it's offensive yeah i mean yeah i guess are there any disabled players in the mlb there used to be a guy like in this, I want to say seventies or eighties, who only had one hand. Um, <laughs> no he was a pitcher. Yeah, um, I guess as a pitcher, you only need like a club club hand. But um, what did uh? So I imagine he he wore his glove on the club hand. Yeah. Oh, Not I remember. Fielder, didn't he switch? He would like quickly switch them. I think something along those. I lines. remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's as much of a disable as I'm aware. Mentally disabled, I don't know. Maybe yeah, I think a, they're all uh, yeah. clear, especially with uh, back in the steroid days. I'm not sure if that was playing in effect. but No, that's when they were they were uh, smarter than ever. <laughs> now the whole game is mentally disabled because they don't let. <laughs> I mean, obviously we're pro-steroids on this podcast. I've also heard um, apparently like steroids are very common because not they're not really being taken like in like the UFC for instance is uh-huh. this big deal it's not that they're taking them to get like uber strong it's that like they're constantly getting injured and like steroids help tremendously in like healing and rejuvenation so yeah. that's why like a lot of people take them well that's um, definitely true i mean back in the like the Sammy Sosa Barry Bonds they they were definitely doing it to get fucking oh that's big. for sure dude i'm pretty you i had, mean Barry you had Bonds, fucking Mark McGuire just like swinging like it was nothing and hitting but bombs like seven yeah. a year. That shit was. Uh, Dude, Barry Bonds used to help. play on the Pirates, <laughs> and he was like some like he looked, he was like a ninety eight pound weakling, like uh, little yeah. runty it's dude. Pre, and then, pre steroid days. Yeah, but but then by the time he made it to the Giants, he was like absolutely fucking <laughs> yanked. Uh, and everyone's like, this seems normal. There's a great um, like I think it's The Simpsons had a great episode back in the day of just like. I forget what it was, but it's just like this giant like <laughs> dudes just like hitting bombs. And everyone's like, "Woo!" And it's like, yeah. I mean, again, like the point that's been made a thousand times over. It's like, at what point did we decide it's like this game that's just a literal game being played for our amusement? It's like right. not fair for them to like. It's not allowed for them to like you know add a little razzle dazzle, like spice it up a little bit, yeah, uh, with some some good old fashioned uh, human growth hormone. Well, the irony is that now it's like it, last couple of years, it's been it's not the same as them, but there's been just like a huge boom in like 
home runs and shit like that with like non-juice players just because like they're in way better shape and they're like you, like baseball right, players now being are turned actually into freaks. Like jacked well like, i remember you know, like, like back like, in the days of like cc sabathia and others like right. who play for the brewers he's just like <laughs> totally fucking yeah. just like he looked like those guys he looked like the guy that hangs out in front of my deli and like sits in, <laughs> sitting in his car with the door open playing like reggaeton and just like drinking Probably brews was. with his friends yeah Dude, I'm he, like, was a, he was a huge alcoholic. He quit a whole year oh, really? of baseball because he was a huge alcoholic. Yeah. And he was also like like leading leading like run scorer. He's one of the bitch, best pitchers of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Pimp. <laughs> Absolute pimp. Honestly, that's the one of the ways in which like baseball is like the people sport and it's like the most aspirational because you can just be like kind of a fat slob and still be incredible at it. It's going away though. Like they're people they're like, That's a shame, honestly. Now, I want to fight. I should all, like, fight exceptional that. now. See, okay, all right, and then I'm reforming my opinion. I'm anti-steroids. I'm pro just, like, drinking Me- 10 mediocrity. beers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> drinking 10 beers in the dugout and, like, smoking cigs and stuff and being just, yeah, like a fat slob. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's skill. It's not about, like, you know, it's, it's like, it's how you grip those seams, you know? Yeah, well, now it's all big data, Jonas, so yeah. you don't have time for that. I know. All right, more. not to keep talking about sports, but <laughs> I also saw that in the new NFL season that's starting, mm-hmm. um, they, uh, they're they changing a lot of stuff. Like, for instance, the, the numbers of, like, like, linebackers and shit can be, like, single-digit numbers. But well, also, yeah, um, because apparently a lot of teams are, like, running out of numbers they could give to people. Because they'd retired. Like, oh, like numbers. the literal numbers on their back. Yeah. Type of shit. Okay, got you. But also that they like instructed um, the refs to like not call offensive holding or even or defensive holding as much. Uh-huh. And they had actually done that last season, and it led to games being like much shorter and like snappier and way higher scoring. Interesting. And I'm like, yeah, let's go, man. Like, <laughs> yes. this is not who gives it. What are these rules? Like, these rules are all in service of people like of us having a good time. That's um, true. So yeah, what's like, very, come on, uh, like, don't let's not lose the force for the trees. It's a very um, consumerist approach to sports. It's what what is what is sports if not for our consumption? That's fair. I mean, yeah. it's like there's it's, some hollowed sanctity of it for some people, but it's well, no, but that's the the sanctity comes from the fact that it's like this universally enjoyed thing. Like if mm-hmm. it's like if you're like watching and there's like a flag on every play, it's just like fuck this, like Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, like that's the degree to which it's captive to uh you know these the owners and shit i think that's why i always um, kind of liked baseball was that it was like it for the most and that's changing now but it was like specifically like not entertaining in a way like it's like it was like <laughs> kind of purposely boring like and long and like yeah baseball is revolutionary <laughs> in how fucking boring it is right but that means but it's <laughs> but also I like great that. like i kind of yeah, like me shit. too it's like some video games i like if they're bo- boring you know what i mean like i like yeah. just like it not being like a fucking like you know hold on real tight action film i like it just you just walk around in the trees sometimes yeah, dude. you know yeah yeah that's yeah it's kind of fun absolutely or like you just white i always thought like in gta this Driving, would never work just like but stopping at the red lights and shit or like an <laughs> online like you can do jobs like what if you could just like sell hot dogs and that's your job doing like yeah a like GTA life online. simulator right yeah where you're like have a mortgage in gta <laughs> right and you have to like go to a pta conference and stuff <laughs> yeah why not um 100%. think about think about it, rockstar think about it um well yeah if you couldn't tell me and mac are going to a baseball game this week <laughs> i don't even know what teams we're going to see but it's going to be fun the great new york mets it's the mets and cardinals and the cardinals cardinals i have some stake they uh the cardinals Fuck were the cardinals, used to be a dude. huge uh 
huge rival of my yeah, hometown Astros, the but they suck. Donkey. Actually, both of those teams suck, so it's going <laughs> to yeah. be a great time. It's going to be an awesome <laughs> time, dude. Yeah, we're going to be we're going to be tying one on are in the so. Um, but anyway, right. uh, what are we talking about today, behind Jonah? the curtain. Yeah, if you couldn't <laughs> tell, we have a little bit of a loose, a, li- a Ooh. little bit of a boot cut show. Yeah, a little. I bit don't of- even have a belt on right now. Yeah, you said that last time. I think did I? Well, I think I said yeah. I had Wranglers on last time. Well, this I, uh, time I this time I have uh, not I have stretch jeans on. They're yeah. they're more they're all they might as well be um, sweatpants. That's you how, be, that's you, how could, you could be hitting some crab core. Some crab I could core be hitting stances. some crab core stances. Yeah, <laughs> some crab core stances, doing some light squats. Well, that's good um, because we want max limber, but you need to stay limber as well, listener, because we're about to be expanding your mind with, um, you know, uh, uh, all types of um, sort of askance glances into the stories of the day. Um, some type of incisive inquiries into <laughs> the largest issues that are dogging you know the the average american um be they be they you know uh tech entrepreneur or um uh burger flipping poor person yeah. well so um, for the first thing that's affecting all americans you want to talk about el salvador yeah let's talk about <laughs> let's go to the most american place in the world el salvador um so if you recall if you're a loyal listener and not a backstabbing rat fink um, you'll have listened to our episode like three months ago where we talked about the breaking news that El Salvador was announcing and they're like, uh, they're like athleisure bro president, <laughs> Nayib Bukele, um, who looks like my old manager at the restaurant. Kind of looks like me, it, to be honest. Be, a little bit, yeah. If you're wearing like a backwards <laughs> tennis cap, um, he kind of does, yeah. And Mac, you are an El, of El Salvadorian extraction. Um, I'm also an authoritarian d- douchebag. So, yeah, so. yeah, that is true. <laughs> That's also, we have many things in common. Yeah. Um, yeah, yes. you guys should squat up. But anyway, they they introduced Bitcoin as legal tender, i.e., like you know, all debts public and private type shit. Um, and this finally went into effect like today. Um, and then of course, um, the moment that it went into effect, like the clock struck midnight and then Bitcoin cratered like 20% and lost like $10,000 worth of value, uh, in like the span of three minutes. Um, but so that's not good per se. Um, there was also like a state, there's like a state app that, um, the government of El Salvador is rolling out that like you know you can use as either like a vendor or purchaser and it will allow you to like exchange bitcoin as if it were any other currency um for like going to fucking subway or like you know the tailor um which does seem like i don't know have you been to el salvador not since i was like 14 i think or 13 something like that um did you go to subway um i don't think i went to subway i went to like I did go to a sandwich shop, but not not a subway. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know they had subway. Did they I'll seem? Did you? What did you? Can I get a sense of like what was the appetite for uh, disrupting the sandwich space? Did um, you sense that people were really interested in? Doing listen, that, I'm or? gonna go on a limb and say it wasn't like a huge. It wasn't appetite, huge. No. Okay, well that's what's yeah. about to change. <laughs> um, yeah, but okay, I'm gonna read from this Bloomberg article because like it wasn't like a total f- disaster per se. So, quote from Bloomberg, quote, food and drink franchises, including Starbucks and Pizza Hut, are receiving payments in the cryptocurrency, according to Bukele. 
Businesses are required to accept Bitcoin in exchange for goods and services, though merchants who are technologically unable to receive the e-currency are exempt. Right. I have to imagine that's like a substantial swath because like there's a lot of places in New York that are like people don't or don't even have like yeah um like tap to pay situations. Although um, like there is I mean, so I was watching something today about this was just one town, but it was like not the capital and I think it was like kind of one of the like coastal towns where there's a lot of tourists. But it was like they were talking to shop owners who were like small market people, not like not like subway and stuff, just like like small independent shops, mm-hmm. and they were also using it. Um, and they seemed like pretty. They seemed like not not that difficult for them. This is just one case, but no, I there don't is, think it is. I think is a, it is yeah. relatively simple. I mean, there's. I think with the New York thing, like this happens, like in a lot of African countries, this is a thing where like they just like skipped an entire level of technology by going <laughs> yeah. to like by going to smartphones. Right. You know what I mean, like yeah. they never had to deal with like land landlines, like kind of like like, um, you know, like cable, like the cable, the basic cable. Yeah, like, just went like straight to Wi-Fi, stuff. basically. Right, and like you can do like that's not that's yeah. not necessarily that crazy. Um, but it is just like aesthetically for an American, it seems weird, right, to be poor as shit, but then like you're just transferring Bitcoin and stuff. Yeah, like no, that's so true. <laughs> I mean, that's honestly the thing that's so like, yeah, it does seem insane, but I think there's like there's nothing inherently wrong or like with it. Obviously, I just think like the reason that it's sort of problematic for like the people of El Salvador is the degree to which Bitcoin can just like the value of it can change overnight. So if you're being paid in it, like obviously, you know, or your savings are being held in it, it can just they can evaporate if Bitcoin decides to plummet by 20 percent, which it did. you know, the day that they sort of acknowledged it, or rather, like, it went, it, they rolled out this new thing. Yeah. However, um, well, I mean, to, to the thing that they say is, like, you know, El Salvador, like a lot of Central American countries, is, like, a place where people depend largely, the whole economy runs largely on remittances, i.e., like, right. people who work in the U.S. or, like, Mexico. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of Central Americans just go to Mexico to work, um, as far as I understand. Um, and then they send money back. And obviously, like, doing that is much easier with with cryptocurrency than it is like doing wire transfers right um so there's like some there's some sort of scratch there um but it and, does seem and also like with the volatility thing i mean bitcoin is especially volatile and more volatile but like el salvador's currency as with a lot of other like poor latin american currencies are already really volatile to begin well, with they use the dollar like well, their currency is ba- yeah. pegged to the dollar right um but it, it does mean that, like, yeah, they don't have any control over their monetary policy. Right. Um, so they can't really do shit like changing interest rates and, um, you know, uh, sort of influencing their economy in that way. Although I don't know the degree to which, like, Bitcoin helps them in that way. It does seem just like a way for this guy who, again, if you don't, you should look up a picture of the president of El Salvador. Um, maybe maybe seeking, we'll put it on the, yeah, on the show notes. that'll be good, yeah. Um, he's the type of guy who's just like, he looks like the dude in your college, like, <laughs> like econ 101 lecture, who's trying to get you to invest in like Herbalife. Right. Uh, he's trying <laughs> to get you to like, yeah, like do a mark multi-level marketing scheme. Um, which in a way this kind of is right. I mean, like there's, uh, I'm open to the idea that like this, like could maybe work in some ways, but in the, the most obvious like play of this is just to get like new tech 
money that's from largely from Silicon Valley and largely from the U.S. to like come into these countries. For sure. Um, and you know, it doesn't take a genius to know that that's not necessarily going to benefit like the average person in El Salvador. No, usually right? not. It's fake, not fake money, but it's not like it's going one direction for the most part. Yeah, usually it's about liberalizing an economy, like whatever protections exist for your average worker. It's like like you know sloughing those off so you can like you know make a quick buck as like an, a, a multinational um but we'll see i mean it will actually be interesting to see especially like i mean this is like the first time that this has happened with a cryptocurrency well so didn't we'll see like what happens the price of bitcoin they had, like venezuela did like the petro coin right yeah but like, that was sort back. of different like they were creating their own coin Right. Which really anyone can do. So yeah. I mean, there are ten, there are like thousands of. It's of just a digital points. currency versus like a cryptocurrency. Yes, like, but also like even creating a crypto. But this is saying like cryptocurrency, Bitcoin in particular, is legal tender. Right. Which in like i.e. it has to be accepted. It is like the tender on which you know those crispy tenders. Those crispy tenders. Um. Whereas like. Venezuela, like China also has a digital currency that they're rolling out, the digital renminbi that's like not a crypto per se, but um, it is like their sort of foray into that space, um, into trying to be sort of counter hegemonic to like, you know, Western cryptocurrency. Um, yeah, it's very, it's a very curious situation. Um, we will be keeping a close eye and um, I don't want to make any huge promises but we our people have reached out to uh president bukele's people and in, in hopes of having him on the podcast yeah keeping an and keep an we are optimistic that. um okay what's next max i think uh well i mean we should maybe touch on this uh as a if again talk about the deep cuts of the future is out if you guys have uh, <laughs> yeah. heard one of our first episodes with our first guest agnes bay agnes bay yeah shout out talked, agnes uh, bay. yeah hey, what's up agnes we talked a bit about um Britney Spears and her conservatorship, um, and there's some news on that front. Do you want to kind of go into it a bit? Um, yes. Per NPR, September 7th, Dateline, Los Angeles. Britney Spears' father filed... Let me run that back. Britney Spears' father filed Tuesday to end the court conservatorship that has controlled her life for 13 years. So basically, yeah, his the Britney Spears, it seems like, will be back... Um, in legal possession of her of her rights as a u.s citizen um as well as her fortune um just substantial which is substantial um it does seem that uh you know this sort of consistent pressure that has sort of been memeified since we've first talked about this um in the context of like the sort of insane pressures put on people who are like these public uh like totems of our celebrity culture mm -hmm. um are sort of driven insane but it does seem like you know Brittany, we did it we did it yeah long yeah thank you mac long story <laughs> short we fucking did it Brittany, you're welcome um you can respond to my emails now uh you're safe um yeah so uh there's some ins and outs to be sure um but it does seem like britney and her her sort of her her people the the her britnovics will be um back in uh control of her immense wealth and uh personal autonomy which you know i mean like it's like it, you know i always think about what's that one south park episode with 
with Britney Spears where they like do that horrible thing where she like is like sacrificed um to for the harvest. Oh, I, f- I, mean, oh, I do remember, this remember one, yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's basically what we've all been doing. Yeah. And like the degree to which like the whole free Britney meme is just like a recapitulation of the same type of like scrutiny that drove her into like a uh, mental health crisis uh, in the first place. It's yeah. just like it is genuinely like you know, I like I, I failed to see how it's really substantially different at all. Sure. Like because sure. in the first time it was like we love you Britney and now it's like oh, we're so sorry that us loving you made you into this sort of like damaged and like um compromised person. Uh but we love you. Right. And like we just need more people loving you and it's just like how is that not the exact same thing? I it's mean. True. Um it's a bit of a it's a bit of a a bum rap uh for Britney Spears, but I hope I hope everything works out for her. Well, now um, and it does seem like may have an end to some of the uh, the conspiracy theories around like her cryptic texts and messages and stuff about her potentially being like uh, imprisoned and running right. out and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the yellow. Or maybe not. Maybe stuff. maybe we'll just take no, on a I mean, new lens. Only, if we've learned anything really, from uh, QAnon days. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> it's really a one way ratchet. Um, her dad is interesting looking. I'm looking at a picture of him. He looks like uh, he looks like someone who was sitting on like the House Committee on house select committee on assassinations or something like it's funny because that's a very fine image of him but i was listening to something today and like the image they picked was just like so it was like it was like he would just got out of like a three-day bender in like well, that's, uh, havana that's and maybe was, more, like... <laughs> more 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 true to the case anyway all the best to the spears clan um you can answer my emails now Brittany. um Moving on, um, finishing up our housekeeping. Oh, yeah. Do we want to talk about... Yeah, this is a good thing. I mean, we've been doing this podcast now, Mac, for more than six months. That's right. Look at that. Which is pretty cool. Look at that. Um, yeah. Um, pause for applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Um, let's, let's touch back on another... Like and subscribe. Um, another, yeah, <laughs> like and subscribe. Um, let's touch on another thing that we've, uh, or rather do like a little, where are they now with some past topic, and then we can maybe move into some of the redder meat for tonight. Sure. Um, that's the concept of the Apple car. Ah, right. Um, right. I car. I car. Yeah. It's like, you know, call it. <laughs> Cinderella and the pumpkin. Well, you know, it's the funny. pumpkin carriage coming to pick her up at the end of the night. If it's... they ever did have an Apple car, because now think about like the the watch and these. Now they just call them like what they are, like the watch or like the like the Apple ho- like home. So it would, it would just be, be the car. Apple. It would be, it ca- be car. Is the watch not called like the iWatch? It's not. The no, app. it's not. The, it's just the watch. It's the Apple watch. It'd be the Apple Car. Apple Car. Apple Car. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this works. Don't upset the Apple Cart. <laughs> um, okay. Well, talking about upsetting the Apple Cart, um, Ford, those old, those, those old, uh, you know, rapscallions <laughs> over at the Ford Motor Company, uh, they did a little bit of a naughty thing, and they poached the top guy um, at Apple who has been in charge of their car business um which is officially not 
a thing. A thing, right. right. Which is so funny because it's like the worst kept secret in the world. Well, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like, it seems like some financial chicanery, like, but like clearly, yeah, it's like an open secret that they've been trying to do a car for some time and it's been called the, the, pr- pr- the like the preliminary nomer for nomenclature is Titan. Hmm. That's the car name, which is honestly kind of a cool name for yeah, a car. Classic. Titan. But you know, it would look like shit. I mean, yeah. this has long been my bugbear. Like, Teslas look fucking awful. They look horrible, dude. They look like, like, like you just like the most slapdash, like, fucking, like, first, first year, uh, like, uh, design <laughs> student threw that together in, like, yeah. fucking, uh, illustrator. It's like, they're so shit i was into them at first but i feel like it's like it was all novelty shit they look like, like a gaming mouse <laughs> they do look like a gaming mouse. <laughs> they look like shit <laughs> and then like <laughs> when you see them they don't have a grill on the front so like the front is just like spattered in like yeah. dirt like road dirt and bugs they're just like always filthy but you can play cyberpunk in it though gross yeah no i won't want to play cyberpunk anywhere but my like three thousand dollar gaming chair which i would sooner spend money on than a fucking tesla because at least it won't drive me into a brick wall um for an extra fifteen hundred dollars yeah exactly um Um, but yeah so but um apple was clearly trying to get in the mix i'm sure their cars would look even worse but it doesn't look like any of those are going to be getting into market anytime soon because doug field who Reading from the FT now, he joined Apple in 2018 as a vice president for special projects coming from Tesla. Um, He's now going to be Ford's chief advanced technology and embedded systems officer, Hmm. Um, which leaves Apple sort of like, yeah, with its sort of uh, dick flapping in the wind a little bit. Um, Here's a quote from the FT, quote, it's a blow to Apple's ambitions on the automotive front, said Wedbush analyst Dan Ives for Ford, it's a coup. Um, hmm. to put that uh, in black and white for you. Um, I mean, this also think? comes on the heels of like when the, we last talked about it, Apple had all these issues with I think they were trying to partner with Hyundai and they didn't want it, and like all these other right, manufacturers. Yeah. And like they basically, it's been I wouldn't go so far as to say a disaster, but it's been really hard for them to like sort of go from like the the making a product that requires such a drastic different type of manufacturing than like the type of stuff that they've built before yeah um but you know and this is where it kind of what's interesting in some ways is that there's like sort of two i've reported on it a bit in the last couple months and like there's two kind of parallel things going on and it's interesting that ford and apple are involved in this that's like the traditional car companies are like all kind of becoming tech companies in a lot of meaningful ways like you can see with ford and pretty much every major car maker, they're all being hit really hard by like the chip shortage, for example, because like all of their cars rely on like these like what used to be computer chips to run so many of their operations. Mm-hmm. And they're also like being super integrated with like, you know, Apple Play and like Android Play and all these type of things. And then on the flip side, like Apple clearly wants to get into a car, but also like um xiaomi who is like a chinese phone maker who is now actually the number they have the most phones sold by any phone maker they just spent um i think they're investing 10 billion into electric vehicles and autonomous vehicles as well and like the basic idea with a lot of these like traditional phone makers that are trying to be car makers is that like where's the place that so many people are like kind of not spending time on their device 
it's the phone, right? Like they might be connected or the, to Spotify or something. Oh yeah, sorry, the car. Yeah, the phone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we need to get people on their phone while <laughs> they're on their phone. <laughs> you can uh, think about that. Hit me up at Mac. Yeah, the entire uh, time Gmail people are on their phone. If you think about it, that's really time that they're not on their phone. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, the car. Yeah, I mean, unlike me, I actually every time I'm when I'm driving, I'm 100% on my phone the entire yeah, hell time yeah. as well. I love to hear because um, you're a, a pure-blooded American. Exactly. Yeah, I always am doing as many things as possible, uh, especially whilst driving. But yeah, it's true. So, and th- I mean, that's also like. I mean, the funny thing to me about, like, Teslas and shit, it's, like, you get in, and the first thing you notice is, like, oh, there's, like, a 16-inch gaming right. monitor, <laughs> right. like, right like right out of, right beneath the windshield, which doesn't seem conducive to, like, you know, 10 and 2 eyes on the road. Sure. But. Well, if you take, I mean, that's, like, it is, like, you can, obviously, there's all the false promises and false starts of, like, the autonomous vehicle industry, but, like, if it gets there, this is, like, the real promise right is that like you all the time that you're not spent driving you're going to be doing consuming shit and like you're going to be consuming digital media in these like presumably these really nice comfortable spaces and like that's a if you're a phone maker or especially like a phone maker like apple that's also doing media and services like it's a great way for you to just like kind of extend your reach into an intimate part of someone's yeah, life it's gonna really revolutionize the troubled marriage in the way that like <laughs> you can just go sit in your tesla and like watch youtube videos of like like yeah like some guy restoring like an old vice grip on youtube um and it will really also change the game of like yeah disgruntled husbands running the car in the garage will no longer mean uh you know mean the 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 potentially fatal uh, outcome that uh you know has historically been the case or back in the day like if you just like needed to get out of the house and clear your mind you'd go on a drive like now you can just now you watch can, porn yeah, like you can go. do you can do you can go on a drive while yeah while watching porn huh. um yeah and like your favorite twitch streamer right um, well maybe dude, maybe both at the maybe same time. both why not and maybe both? they're on only fans because they can do porn still yeah oh yeah we never even talked about that <laughs> Did we talk about we that didn't, last no, time? No, we didn't talk about it. Okay. Well, yeah, that got, that caught that got caught mid-cycle for us. <laughs> um, maybe we'll do a retrospective. Um, yeah. So in any case, uh, I guess like the upshot is don't count on driving an Apple car anytime soon. Yeah. Although, like, I think, I mean, I I do think if I think it will get done, and like Tim Cook had there was an interview a couple months ago that he gave where he did talk about it and that it was something that was like kind of um on the on the horizon as it were and i think they are going to do it eventually and when they do do it i do think it's probably going to be pretty good in the sense that like it's maybe it's going to look like shit and stuff but i think people are, it's going to do well in the sense that people are going to buy the shit out of it you know what do i mean you think like there's so many cars on the market like why would someone People really like Apple. Like people really like Apple as like their as their as their like Apple of cars for sure. They for sure it definitely is like Tesla. I mean that's like so many people have said that's why Tesla's valuation is so high is because they are like the like as Jewel was the Apple for um, for e-cigarettes. Tesla's the Apple for uh, for cars. But what's better than the than having the actual Apple of cars? You know, like. 
So we'll see. I don't know. I I think they might they might be able to make something at least somewhat cool, but who knows? Vera, as they say. Um next. I'll go something maybe a little bit less fun, but consequential well, back in my home yeah. state. Um, yeah, well, yeah, this is a Texas podcast, <laughs> um, despite my, my best efforts. Um, so, yeah, if you're listening to this, you're certainly aware that Texas has just um, passed like an absolutely draconian abortion law, which basically makes it illegal... Is it illegal after six, six weeks? weeks. Yeah. Which is, you know, nobody knows they're pregnant before six weeks unless you're planning on it. Yeah, um, even if you're planning be... on it, a lot of people don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's sort of more to it. I don't know. Do you feel? Are you able to sort of go into some of the more details? I, like, I wouldn't feel comfortable going too in, into too many of the nitty gritties because it is like all I as know. As far as I understand, it does seem like there the added component that is really brings this more than like uh just another sort of like classic red state anti-abortion bill is that it creates a, an avenue for any person to leak to sue someone right. for in any way aiding or abetting what is now an illegal abortion right. i.e any doctor any family member say you drive your friend or your, your sister or whomever to a clinic you're now legally liable and can be sued in civil court um and therefore like financially ruined by any any person um for having done so um which is genuinely shocking i mean it's it's horrible it's it is really chilling yeah i mean i'm Um, not a policy expert but that's like part of it aside from the fact that it's just like the the actual effect of it is so fucked up right now is that just like the the way it works is basically just circumventing so much of like how law typically like works and legislation works where it's putting it completely in the power of you know private citizens it's fucking to vigilantism, do this, which yes yeah, I mean, it, 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 it yeah hundred percent is and it's like always been illegal that's where we're at right now and it's like also really i mean this is something that makes me as like someone from texas like really fucking bummed out about it is that like and we're seeing this like texas is like doing a lot of this type of stuff this is the worst one but like the last couple years texas has been passing some of the most draconian laws like conservative laws ever in the you know you could argue but at the same time like the actual populace is like less conservative than it's ever been and like you're like how is that possible and it's just like so many structural things in Texas yeah, are like don't allow people to like it is this not reflective of the people that are actually there and it's really fucked up because it is like is that I have a lot of pride from being there and like it is changing in a lot of positive ways but it's like this is like the death it's the reaction of, like, I mean it yeah. seems like it yeah. seems like what it is is like this sort of entrenched minority I mean what is becoming in a minority of just like really hardline social conservatism. Mm-hmm. And um, that is like r- absolutely digging in its heels um, and using the power that it still has, yeah. even though it can sort of see, you know, conservative reactionary forces in Texas probably understand, like in most of the country, that the the fucking electorate is largely more liberal, uh, more left, uh, certainly on social issues and, right. than ever before. But that just has not translated to fucking um, b- 
being empowered uh, electorally or, or, or governmentally or, 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 or as far as legislation goes. So I think there's been like a, a sort of crush, like a sort of a doorbuster sale on like the most fucked yeah. up hard right precedents that certainly enshrine like what right wing jurists and whomever have wanted to do for a long time. Right. And not only like ensuring the goals like making abortion illegal, but also like barring the doors so that whoever right. gets in next, it's very hard to undo this type of thing. Um I mean it can feel like in I mean again, like totally just <laughs> this is just my personal opinion, but it's like it can feel like in Texas now it's like the equivalent of like being in like Saudi Arabia and shit where it's like you have, it's not just that it's conservative laws. It's like the most like catering to like the most fringe, like super Christian, super like, like fundamentalist, like extremist sex of this whole thing for a state that's like very metropolitan in a lot of ways. And it doesn't, yeah. and in the surface it doesn't like make sense. And it's, um, and I think rightfully so a lot of like people in Texas are extremely like disheartened by it right and feel like disempowered um but yeah it's 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 pretty fucking vile i mean there's not much to say about it i mean as far as i understand like to go by the play-by-play it seems like texas passed this uh right to life law including a whistleblowing website which allows anyone to report anyone like basically like gestapo style snitching on any person who is party to an abortion in in any way um something that has been you know uh a sort of sanctified right of any person any woman in this country since the 70s since roe v wade um is now illegal effectively in texas and then now this has gone up to the supreme court and they effectively declined to countermand this law which is absolutely contrary to roe v wade to the roe v wade precedent and then they i think recently they upheld it so basically you know the road is paved for any red state like any state with a red legislature like a republican legislature can um just follow this this sort of playbook um and make abortion illegal um i mean what i mean yeah what do you want to talk about in terms of resistance to this i mean there was this i mean if you want to talk about like the sort of the future is our angle. There has been some interesting, like, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't assign much meaning to this type of pushback, but, um, the, that website, like the fucking snitch site right. that they set up was, uh, was taken down by the, um, famous domain provider GoDaddy, right. who, if you recall, was like the, the site that ads. like yeah. did the porny ads. <laughs> yeah. There were the ads where it was just like a hot, hot chick and like a bikini like a cheetah skin bikini yeah and you were like literally made you when you were like 13 you i'm saying uh, not me but you yeah. <laughs> be like oh wow porn and right. then you go and go dad and you're like what is a domain <laughs> what the hell is this and then you got into coding yeah exactly <laughs> um <laughs> um but basically yeah they like pulled the site to their credit right. i i suppose I mean, I don't know. I think they they're profile technical... pro life Um GoDaddy, according to The Verge, said GoDaddy gave the group twenty four hours to find an alternative, saying, quote, We have informed pro life whistleblower.com they have twenty four hours to move to another provider for violating our 
terms of service. It's basically for doxing, was it? It was the reason yeah, they because gave. it's like a means of uploading other people's like private information for mm. public distribution. Um, and I'm sure it's not like some like impassioned stand on on their behalf. Like, right. I don't think any company is gonna fucking stick its neck out um, over like uh, some sentimental attachment to women's rights, but it does seem like it. Uh, this sort of again, like a site that they that the government of Texas set up to like snitch on your neighbor for like abetting an abortion so they can be prosecuted right. or or sued at the very least in civil court. Um, so they got dumped from uh from like this ma- from GoDaddy, which is like a big domain distributor, right. i.e. creating like people's ability to have websites. Um, it seems like they got picked up by another one, uh, a, a web host known as Epic. Which um, which is kind of like the, uh, it's like the alt-right like yeah, web hosting. Yeah, it's like the alt-right like Mordor right. of like <laughs> fucking like Gab and like, I don't know, do they host 4chan too? I don't know. Yeah, I think they hosted like I need to get fact check on this, but I think they hosted Parlor for a minute. And right, then, like, Gab, Parlor, like, um, uh, what's the other one? 8chan. Well, 8chan, but then there's like Get It or some shit. Oh, Getter? Getter, Getter yeah. Getter's like Getter. just regularly hosted, I think. I think Getter is like, is kind of mainstream at this point, but. Well. Um, so yeah, you know, all of the like, there's been a lot of like scripts and like, you know, people who have like, been like flooding this this snitch site with like fake accounts to try to swamp it yeah and like that's all well and good and but i don't think it really none of it really cuts to the bone of the issue of just like these state governments are like and 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 really they like this is like a lot of people have said this about the trump presidency which is like the real legacy is like he was just stuffing the courts with like these like federalist society psychopaths. Like right. you have some insanely right wing people who are just on the courts have like lifetime appointments on state and like circuit appellate courts um, all the way up to the fucking Supreme Court. Obviously, I mean, I think for sure what Amy Coney Barrett, Amy Coney Bryant, um, Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. That's yeah. like three people on the court. Um, who are pretty hardcore right wing ideologues? Yeah, more so or less. But yeah, it's a pretty sure. it's a pretty bad scene. Um, so yeah, there's been like some ticky tacky response, and like yeah, I guess um, I'm saluting GoDaddy.com. I'm saluting the big tittied uh, avatars <laughs> of GoDaddy um, for 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 uh, yeah, I guess running running some static. But it's a pretty bad scene uh, in Texas, and it fucking sucks. I mean, I feel, I genuinely feel bad and yeah. want to like extend solidarity to women, anyone who's like, yeah, living there or anywhere else. I mean, the reality under, is, under is that, like, yeah, until there's like, a, there's a lot of like conservative um, commentaries who have like said it's probably going to get struck down by some other court. But in the meantime, what like, other court, if not the Supreme Court, though, like. Like other federal, like other federal, um, courts, like below the Supreme Court right. for a different, again, I'm not a policy person, but it would be for different, um, reasons, like different rulings than mm-hmm. what they were ruling on for the Supreme Court. Um, because it is like a really, like the way they're doing this is like something that's kind of like a Frankenstein's monster of like legislation. Like it's like kind of hasn't really been done a lot before, but in the meantime, until it happens, like there's untold amount of people like people have abortions every single day. Right. And like those people are yeah. going to have to like 
they're probably still going to have an abortion, right? Yeah, like, they're just going to have them, like, gonna, unsafely, yeah. Yeah, with a fucking coat hanger, all this, this shit from, like, yeah, the 30s. It's horrible. And, like, um, you know, unless you have some millionaire that wants to fund people to go get, like, you know, abortions in another state or some shit. So, it's bad, you know? It's bad, and, like, you can have all the debates you want about, like, whether, like, if, like... You know, if there's a if there's like a length or some something on like a on when you should have an abortion, right. but like this is not that. This is this is just a pretty much that you can't have it at all, and including like for incest or rape, right? There's there's no provision for that either in this. Um, yeah, which it's like, literally like if you just think about that for a second, like, like many of these like right wing like uh, governments that we purport to be right. like I'm pretty sure like Russia has more liberal sure. abortion laws under this sure um, it's far, yeah that's, I mean, it's insane it's if really, really bad it for like 30 seconds it's insane like you have to literally know no women in your life to like think that it's or just be incredibly dogmatic fundamentalist Christians yeah. to think it's okay and that's the thing though is that like it is you know I think there's a lot of people and like you know call me like you know close minded but there's a lot of people that are super bought into like the hardline Christianity that like they think that they're saving these babies and like right oh no, man it's- no it's fucked up and like even if that's your point of view the way to do it is not to just make it illegal because you're inevitably just gonna force people who are desperate anyway who are like if you're at the point of having an abortion you're obviously like you've gone through a dark night of the soul and you're mm-hmm. fucking doing making this choice it's like you're gonna go you're gonna probably seek it out no matter what and right. like we're literally just like regressing back to the people to having like back alley operations that were horrifically dangerous so i don't know hopefully honestly like you know it's funny to make fun of GoDaddy, but like <laughs> honestly i do think i hope there will be like some sort of grassroots resistance to this type of uh like really out of touch because like overwhelming majority of people are in favor of women having the right to abortion so i don't know i hope it won't it won't it won't sort of um it won't manifest in as like the carpet ban that it seems like it's that it is now, but we'll see. Yeah, imagine um, a future where you have driverless cars and virtual reality headsets, but you can't have a fucking abortion. Like yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, fucking is this, demented. Is this I mean, really, the right future is out. But anyway, well, that's let's some real future is out shit. On there. Um. So yeah, best. I mean, fucking heart goes out to anyone in Texas, um, who's suffering from this and and all the rest, um. We'll probably we'll keep we'll keep up with it um, <laughs> to the extent that that's reassuring. So, do you want to move on to a lighter topic, uh, child porn? <laughs> yeah. Well, do you want to uh, do you want to take a little break and sure. then, and then talk about child porn? Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll let our hair down. Um, all right, <laughs> listener, uh, go take a deep breath. We'll see you in a minute. See you.
back. You were just listening to some tunes from our good friend Dalton Core and his project Espresso Tempo. Um, if you like it, check it out. He's been um, putting out some new tunes recently. Too, yeah, I think, I think uh, Dalton just made the. Uh, he just did the sort of transcontinental traverse in a Prius, I think, that he bought in like uh, Eastern PA. And now he's in the heart of darkness, Los Angeles. So <laughs> send up prayers for him and his immortal soul. Definitely but, check uh, him out on Instagram, Espresso Tempo. Espresso Tempo, yeah. Hit him up on IG. I mean, he's he's a talented he's a talented boy. Um, so shouts out Dalton. Um, but let's bring it into uh, let's sort of guide it into uh, I don't know into our uh, into our uh, our Golden Corral buffet. Mm. Uh, of this show which is Facebook and oh, it's geez. lying it's a lying Babylon uh, style <laughs> as a precursor this will become evidently clear when we talk about the story but the basic story of Facebook is that everything Facebook touches turns to shit and yeah, this that does is seem like, to be the trend this is one of the things but do you want to just uh, maybe set it off and we can talk about it yeah so this is a little bit and like I guess Mac we'll have to avoid going too into the weeds on this because it does seem just like highly nuanced um, at some point, and that's what we don't like. We hate nuance here. <laughs> nuance is a is a is a form of control. Um, but basically, there's a big ProPublica piece about how Facebook, you know, which owns WhatsApp, which is like the I think it's like the largest. They have over two billion users. Yeah, yeah it's huge. Like, Especially outside of the U.S., it's big. If you it's have any, platform. yes, if you have any like European or Asian friends, they're probably like being really annoying and asking you to talk to them on WhatsApp. Um, that's been my experience. But basically, WhatsApp has always purported to be uh, end-to-end encrypted. They've been a privacy-focused um, kind of like yes. um, platform since twenty, like since their their origin before Facebook right. owned them. And they and and since before when Facebook bought them, they were very explicit about saying like no one, you know, no one will be able to read your messages. This is not changing the nature of WhatsApp whatsoever. I.e., um, there's no means end-to-end encryption. Basically, means that like one end is me the other end is the person i'm texting those are the only people that can see my messages there is no way for anyone else i be it the government be it a tech company a private third party to or, or whatsapp itself or whatsapp itself yeah critically thank you um to like sort of like pop in and see what's going on right however there was a propublica piece that basically purported that Facebook, WhatsApp, i.e. Facebook, had in, inserted a, effectively a backdoor by which people who um, flagged content as having been like abusive um, or, um, you know, contrary to the terms of service of which WhatsApp. In, which could include, for example, things like it could be child porn, it could be hate speech, it could be like terrorist content. It could be like, you know, revenge porn, like right. abusive behavior, like stalking, um, all of which is really bad. But any of this could be essentially flagged by a user of WhatsApp. And then the messages that were purportedly, you know, end-to-end encrypted would be kicked up to... A moderating team that is not a Facebook, um, you know, not an employee of WhatsApp or Facebook, but a con a, a group called Accenture, I right. think was the name of the company that was people being being paid sixteen dollars an hour 
um, to essentially moderate, to read through messages and determine if they, uh, if they like breach their terms of service. So this was like a bit and of then, a splashy. And then like ban or like block whoever was like the yes, person. Yes, correct. The, exactly. Yeah. Um, and this was like a big splashy piece that came out from ProPublica. Um, they also, I, I think like something that's not to be um, um, soft pedaled is that not only could individual users say like, oh, I'm being subject to abuse. There was AI at play that was like essentially scraping conversations in order to determine content that violated those TOS and then like kicking it up via its own like um, pretty flawed means of detecting um, objectionable texts and behaviors, right. um, kicking it up for review to human moderators, um, which is something we'll put a pin in because is, is pretty important, I think, in, in the context of this story. But um, yeah, so, you know, headline, your, your WhatsApp messages are potentially being reviewed by Facebook um, contra E2E encryption, but there's another level to it. Um, do you want to, yeah. do you want to talk about it? Yeah. So, and then you get to that a couple things. So one, if you know, anyone that uses Facebook or even YouTube or any other of these big social platforms, like we all know that content moderation is a thing what's unique here is that like until now, WhatsApp has never publicly disclosed that they have a content moderation team right until this report and even in the report like someone from whatsapp confirmed that this was a thing but they denied that the practice of having people that were contractors looking at these things amounted to content moderation which i'm not sure how you square that like that's pretty much yeah that's that's what it is um and with the ai thing as i understand it um the way that that works is that like so once once two people or whoever is speaking to each other, the interaction between you and them, that's encrypted um, and it's decrypted once the person on the other end sees it. Then that person can report it for like whatever number of things that they report it for. And that's a high volume of things, right? There's like hundreds of thousands of these type of things reported all the time. Um, way too much for any like you know, apparently there's a thousand moderators look at this way too much for them to do. And so the way all these social platforms use AI is like a first filtering tool to look at like the reported things and then yeah. sift it down to the moderators, um, all of which was not known before. But to the question about the encryption thing. So this is this is um, I, I reported on this a bit today for my day job and the ProPublica piece Max, a real journalist. <laughs> the ProPublica piece, the, repeating. The, the ethos, um, the broad line of it is correct. However, they the way they phrase and state some of the things is arguably a bit of an overreach. So they do make the implicit statement that this is like a breach of NN encryption. And the thing that a lot of people have an issue with is that what's really happening on the ground is that like when someone reports a you know flag something that has already been decrypted on their side because they've already received the text or the video or whatever it is and then they are sending that flat the thing that they're flagging that's essentially being sent to whatsapp as an unencrypted message so it's a message between them and whatsapp so 
really there's no breach of encryption happening there. However, if you if you go a bit and like what Facebook came out vehemently against the article saying that like it was a complete misrepresentation on that side. But if you dig a little bit deeper into it, it is sort of you could argue it's a distinction without a meaning because like if you do report something to WhatsApp and they're reading your message between you and another person, the person who originally sent it with the assumption that it was encrypted they never consented to WhatsApp reading their unencrypted message. So like in several layers down the way, right. it may as well, I mean, it's a stretch, but it may as well be like reading an encrypted message because the person who sent it never, you know, consented to it being unencrypted. So it's... Which is to say, so like, uh, so tell me if this is right. Like basically it's like, you know, I'm sending you, I'm writing you a letter in invisible ink. With your and like. With my cock, obviously, um, and you're like, I did not, I did not, um, I did not consent to this. So, like, naturally, you kick it up to, you know, the the Pony Express mm-hmm. to try to have me like banned from the platform. And people therefore make the case that like it's not as if like you know someone is like intercepting my letter in between you and I, right? It's merely that once you receive my letter and you find its content objectionable, you can give it to the letter sending authorities. Right. They will then be able to read it and take disciplinary action against me. Right. Um, which is distinct from them reading these things autonomously and deciding what goes and what does not. Right. Presumably, you know, if I was sending fucked up shit to someone, um, in my sort of invisible ink and they didn't flag it they would have no idea right um they're not and and i think this is the crucial point that got like i don't this was not the intention of the propublica piece but this is definitely in the days ensuing there was a lot of places that republished it with this definitely being the headline was that there was an assumption that whatsapp is going in and intercepting messages between two people and reading them and monitoring them for content which is not what's happening flat out it's that's yes but this is the thing that um and okay so people really piled onto this ProPublica piece saying like oh this is a total misrepresentation of what's going on in fact it is like properly still um uh you know it's still properly encrypted because it it requires people to um like actively flag shit right but the thing that um i think is like not given proper shrift is that a a as you said two billion people use whatsapp lots of people use it in these like massive groups right so like it only takes one person to flag something say in a group for it to then be opened wide up to moderation um and this is now reading from the propublica piece quote Complaints are frequently filed to punish, harass, or prank someone, according to moderators. In messages from Brazil and Mexico, one moderator explained, quote, We had a couple of months where AI was banning groups left and right because people were messing with their friends by changing their group's names and then reporting them. At the worst of it, we were probably getting tens of thousands of those. They figured out some words the algorithm did not like. So, basically, I mean, we were talking about this a bit before, like, on one level, it seems like it's like only it's like you know the cops are only being invited in. It's like 
it's like Nosferatu. Like he can only come in. They can a vampire can only cross the threshold of your house if you invite them. Right. <laughs> and it's like that is the case. But like, there's so many people who are potentially a party to um uh to a given conversation um, that it only takes one for them to flag, and then they're just like they're just like in like sin. Right. Um, and it it does suggest that like I don't know like. Isn't it, I mean I guess it matters like you know, you need to trust the other person you're corresponding with if you if you want your your correspondence to be properly um properly secure and properly private I mean people also make the case that like you need to create these types of backdoors or i.e. these like means for moderation in order to like prevent governments from like banning end-to-end encryption yeah which broadly speaking is good i mean it does provide like a modicum of privacy to people who are i guess doing sensitive work potentially um but it's a very it's it seems like a very slippery thing and ultimately it does seem like the type of thing that facebook um i don't think they really want to know like it seems like they don't want to fucking be in their arbitrating like who's doing what type of fucked up content yeah but it does seem like it gives them the opportunity to like really intercede at at the drop of a hat well i think i mean this is the thing that like this has been the big thing about like it's always been the worry ever since facebook or whatsapp was sold to facebook was that facebook's sort of like their modus operandi is much different than WhatsApp, right? WhatsApp was meant to be this privacy protecting, like, kind of niche thing. Facebook, like, they're just a fucking ad machine, right? And, like, yeah. they're already, like, they've already been trying to integrate ads into WhatsApp. Um, and I wrote about this today. Like, this is kind of a continuation of, like, earlier this year, they had this new update that essentially would share information between whatsapp and facebook to like better target ads for facebook users and like it was like mis misunderstood in some ways but like there was a huge backlash to it and like in so much a way that like the entire country of india like threatened to like boot whatsapp out of the country and like it was a bunch of other like you know a bunch of other people left the platform um and it goes to the broader point if you're really taking that big step back which is that like the the fundamental like promise of like what whatsapp was built on is not this right it was that it's like this privacy preserving thing and like yeah maybe it's not exactly breaking in encryption but it's definitely going against the grain of what this whole thing was it seems like a classic situation of like king solomon like slicing the baby in half you know what i mean like i.e like resolving trying to solve the problem by satisfying both both parties while effectively destroying both of their interests right because and like i i want to read a little bit more from this ProPublica piece that again people took issue with but um you know they're standing by it for what it's worth they They are standing by it and i think i I think they Um, they should but so like um this is a quote again. Moderators say that guidance from WhatsApp and Accenture, which is the third-party site, the third-party company that like employs these poor souls who have to just like scrape through this content right. with their eyes, 
relies on standards that can be simultaneously arcane and disturbingly graphic. Decisions about abusive sexual imagery, for example, can rest on an assessment of whether a naked child in an image appears adolescent or prepubescent based on a comparison of hip bones and pubic (laughs) hair to a medical index chart. Yeah. One reviewer called a grainy video in a political speech cue that depicted a machete-wielding man holding up what appeared to be a severed head. Quote, we had to watch and say, is this a real dead body or a fake dead body? End quote. So it's like, this is fucked. Like, this is doomed. Like, you cannot really put people in a chair and say, like, is this... And doing, effectively, phrenology with women's or girls' hips. Like... Which is like the whole thing to me just make means you need to zoom out and think about like what are these platforms like, you know, obviously like the pr- promulgation of child pornography is like fucking horrific and abhorrent and those people, whoever's engaging in it, like that's one of the few uses of the state that I would absolutely endorse is like protecting the most vulnerable people and like punishing the people who seek to fucking exploit them in like wretched forms of exploitation like child pornography but at the same time like i just think that's like a a front that we cannot expect to really fight effectively on like you can't just like be wading into the like absolute deluge of like daily messages that are sent by two billion people and picking like separating sheep from goats yeah. on fucking whatsapp like it's preposterous it's an absurd it's an absurd task like yeah. it's like and, and and at what point why does whatsapp need to be like responsible for what people are 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 are, are sending on its on its platform like in the same way right. that like you know if people are not responsible for what they what i'm not responsible for what people say in my home you yeah. know what i mean um and i'm not responsible for like if I'm like a radio, like if I'm like a concert hall, say like, right. It just seems like the wrong level on which to be fighting this battle. Well, I think like, I mean, so the child exploitation thing, maybe put a pin on that because we're about to talk about in a different way in a second. And it's a bit more of an obvious case in some ways, but I think with like, with the WhatsApp thing and with a lot of these other, when we talk about content moderation, like what's a lot more of like in vogue now. And I think was like kind of the issue with this um, is there's this expectation now that like platforms need to be finding some way to hold like political misinformation accountable? Um, and with Which WhatsApp, is even more stupid, right? So like with opinion. WhatsApp, for example, the argument is is that like you know WhatsApp has been attributed to um, say like political violence in Myanmar and like other countries where there's been like um, no doubt like a spreading of like of inflammatory political content on these platforms. But the problem is, and this is like a very, you know, tricky thing, but the problem is, is that like a lot of that content that maybe is flagged by other people or that does lead to bad outcomes, a lot of times itself out of context is not necessarily like completely like if you saw it randomly, you wouldn't necessarily know that it's like clearly fucked up or wrong. It's that like it's things that are usually a little bit false or they're true, but or and laid out in like a context that's harmful and that's just like so much ambiguity that's not really covered and that you can't really solve by just saying okay we're gonna say no you can't like share this stuff 
Absolutely. You know not. what I mean? Like, like that's like being like that's like if like you know I'm I'm picturing if like Facebook and WhatsApp existed during like you know the fucking Yugoslav wars right. in the nineties. It's right. just like wading into being like actually uh, the Croatians right. were not um, you know during King Peter the Second's rule they did not actually lay siege to this castle at this time um, and the atrocity committed was actually. By Bosnians um, who were like actually act, acting at the behest of the Ottoman Empire. That it's like, and the people doing that are that, contractors in Austin making six right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Like, There's like some guy with like a fucking GRE with like a GED in like a cool. There's thing. literally books like written that can't dispel like exactly. This and it's like, like these are matters of like genuine historical debate that are like absolutely inscrutable, and it's just like. Facebook is going to wade in and say what's true and what's not. And 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 the thing is it's just like you if this is like the world we live in I'm, and this is not to say like do some bullshit realpolitik like you need to just be cool with like slaughter and death. No, quite yeah. the contrary, but like to the extent that Facebook wants to become the new like agora where right. people come out and like have their differences and talk about shit, um it's going to be party to some gross and horrible violence yeah. like either like you know in speech or quite literally and it's yeah. just like there's no way you can't moderate that away and i think that's just like this like really techno optimist um silicon valley fucking mindset coming right. um into conflict with like the actual world right um, and i yeah i just want to say to you because i know like this is especially like in the tech world like this is a very like this is like the fault line, like a very fraught thing. And I don't want to like be clear that this is like, it's, it's a difficult thing. Um, and like, I, I do agree that like there should be some, like some form of content thing, moderation yeah. in some way. But I guess the point is that like, it's a really, really broad brush right now with like, with people and systems well, that are not well equipped. This to, is like, like tech inserting this. itself like, into the role of like states. Like mm -hmm. this is like normally like what states or on the that, behalf of states in some cases, right? Like well, that's the fucking problem. Is like they don't have popular buy-in. Like these aren't democratically influenced institutions, and yet they're like wading in to define the parameters of what is acceptable speech without like anyone having had any say. Right. Um. And also, let alone trying to like navigate the like insanely nuanced um you know uh cultural uh antecedents of like what is what is okay and what is not in right. a given context and a given conversation um it's just like hopeless it's utterly hopeless and like the notion that yeah you're gonna pay a bunch of people to like you know w come in and like yeah say what's acceptable speech on a given topic or not it's just like i think this is just like an 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 un an unmovable object yeah in the sense of like if you want to be the the platform upon which two billion people are are discussing like you're going to be party to some gross shit right. um, because we live in a world that has fallen and has a lot of horrible conversations that are playing out and like it just seems like it's just like the the ultimate folly i mean it's just total hubris like and also, um, like, I mean, this is, I mean, this is a bit simplistic, but I do think it's worth saying that, like, there's no reason why these companies, their American companies, need to be in these other places. But really, all of this, these trade-offs and all of this, like, this stuff we're thinking about is all in the service of just selling fucking ads. Like, re like, it really, yeah. like, at the end of the day, if you That's really, why, yeah. really distill it, 
like the whole reason we're even having this conversation is because they're selling ads to fucking give people Nikes and like fucking yeah. it is honestly Rwanda darkly and hilarious so, in that way of like trying to wade into the like the Balkan conflict and like right. the, one of the most Byzantine like, like they could have their own app right like they could have their own like app there right and like other countries are doing this but like no we use WhatsApp and it's like the end of the day like they're free and accessible yeah they're like trying to solve like the sunni shia split so that they can like sell people fucking uh yeah like air force ones (laughs) and tupperware it's like it is like it is like you know david foster wallace was right (laughs) um basically um we're 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 way out over our skis um should we transition a little bit to something somewhat similar a little closer to home yeah Um, truly how do you want to talk about this? I mean, we we mentioned this before, CSAM. We we mentioned it in the episode that never got aired, so we actually haven't mentioned really? it before. Yeah, oh. yeah. Um, so this is some this is some locked content. Yeah, locked. This is, <laughs> <laughs> some, um, yeah, moderators this is, flagged this content. So how about this? Can I? I've been writing about this yeah, for a while, please, so Matt, I'll just you give know a lay way more than I do. Please. Lay of the land give a little us. bit, and then we can go go into it a bit. So okay. um, let me uh, <clears throat> clear my throat. Go off, um, go off, King. All right, so. A couple weeks ago, this is the middle of August, um, Apple, um, which is, you know, Herald is a privacy preserving company. Yes. There was um, a leak from a, a, a professor, a cryptography professor from John Hopkins, um, who went on Twitter and like exposed this new tool that Apple was about to release that they hadn't made public, which essentially, as he described it, was um, a scanning device that would scan every iPhone, um, everyone that had an iPhone for child exploitation content. And if that matched up to a database of known child exploitation material, it would be flagged and then um, potentially sent on to law enforcement. After that happened, Apple came out and like released a statement being like, yes, this is true, um, and said they were going to be rolling it out um, in the next update, which was set to be for this month. Right. to all Apple users and the official thing was in three parts um, and it was pretty significant. So I'll go like in order of least significant to most significant. So this, this is all in the effort of reducing child exploitation imagery on line. Should we talk about, yeah. Child porn. CSAM, um, yeah, which is the, the, the shorthand child sexual ass- assault material. Child media some child sexual abuse media child sexual abuse child media. sexual abuse media yes um, um and basically there is a database of these of known csam files that is maintained by this group called the national center for missing and exploited children right which is a non-profit it's a, it's a, non, it's a non-governmental agency but it yeah. has like close connections with the u.s government but there's also this came out later um but that's the U.S. arm of it, um, and right now, this the things we're going to go into only apply to the U.S. But there are also similar databases in other countries all around the world, and if it was ever expanded, um, they would be relaying it to their um, relevant databases as well. But um, so the way, yeah. So the three things, real quick. So um, from least to most significant that they were rolling out one. Um, Apple announced that they were going to uh, make a feature in Siri, I think it was, that like if you asked for child exploitation material like, with Siri, Siri. show me child porn. Right. So <laughs> if you said that, it would like send you to a like 
um, page that was like get help for being a pedophile essentially. Okay, um, cool. That seems like okay, whatever. I didn't didn't know that was a thing that people were like doing that with Siri. Um, um, <laughs> but the second part of it was that um, so on iCl- family iCloud accounts. Um, children who are under the age of 13 who are using a family iCloud account, if they sent or received any imagery that was nude, not just child exploitation, but just like nude imagery, they would have an AI system that would fil- that would scan for it. And if it detected it, would send an alert to the account holder, usually the parent, yeah. telling them that the kid um, was looking at porn or like had received it. And that was like immediately met with criticism because there was like, especially amongst like queer and trans activists, right. um, I mean, you know, as it could like potentially out somebody or yeah. I, I don't know what your family structure was like, but like there's a lot of parents who like maybe wouldn't respond very well to like no, if a kid like, was looking at porn. So that was one side of it. And then we'll just do the last one. The last part, which has really been the crux of like a lot of this, the debate has been the scanner that they don't call a scanner. And what it is, um, and we allude to it a bit is Apple is using like a hashing technique, which what it is, is that like they, there's this image, this known database of child exploitation material that we talked about. They reduce those images to a hash, which is essentially like a numerical value. That's not the image itself, but right. like it's when like it's each pixel, each sort of the image corresponds to a, like a, a string of numbers. Right. That is not intelligible to a person. Right. But like does correspond exactly to a given image. Precisely. Um, and so in this update, that hash database would be put onto every person's iPhone. So you would have the hash Im- database of all this child exploitation material. And what this would do, this scanner that Apple calls not a scanner, when someone was in the act of uploading an image to iCloud, the scanner would take effect and but it would take effect on the user's device rather than on iCloud itself. And if it found a match between the known database hash and the hash on your phone, it would flag it. And if enough flags are reached, that flag would then go to an Apple moderator and the Apple moderator would review it. And if it if they checked out that it was child porn, they would send it to the that agency, the the that hosted the that keeps the database yeah, the and then if they yeah if they confirm it then they send it to law enforcement and then you go to the booty house um presumably yeah. but in the and then i'll stop talking after this but the notable yeah. part of this because like if you use facebook if you use probably whatsapp like google suite any of these things that are already shared on the cloud they already scan for this and they've been scanning for this for a long time right what's different here is that this would be happening on your device right and right you know, they make the the exemption that like it's only happening for if you're uploading to iCloud. But anyone that uses the iPhone, including myself, knows Shit that happens like automatically. Sh- right. Like most of my images are sent to the iCloud for storage without me knowing about it. So that's like it can apply to so many things. Um, and that would truly be it would be a big it's hard to like understate again, how big of a difference it would be because that would be before this, like Apple in like if anyone remembers like previous cases where they like quote defied the government by not giving right. up encrypted like material. San Bernardino shooters, yeah. Their argument with those things was always that they did not possess the technical like Mr. FBI, we can't help you even if we yeah. wanted to because yeah, we, we don't have access. Do yeah. This would fundamentally change that because right. they would have 
access. The issue is not like, oh, they're going to stop me from like uploading my child porn. Like, because granted, like no one, 99.99% of people are not dealing in child pornography. So it's like, well, who cares? But it's like, it does absolutely create the precedent that they can now, I'm pretty sure the only thing preventing Apple from changing their parameters of like, what is the type of shit that we're looking for? Is just their word. Like they have this, they have this database of essentially child pornography that they're looking for on your phone, um, and that's the only thing that would trigger, you know, the the alarm. But it's like the only thing making it, uh, bro- like broadening the scope is just their word. Yeah. So it creates like an absolutely like it's like a it's like a Rubicon that is crossed because they can now look any they can now like peek on your phone and look for anything right and they've like explicitly been very clear they're like yeah we only are limiting it to to csam material but the thing is is that like that hash database like you said that's it can theoretically be whatever you can turn anything yeah, into anything a hash. to be a hash you could, yeah. you could turn terrorist content into a hash yeah. you could turn you protest political protest into yeah. a hash and like the thing is is that even and this is we go into like the pushback which was immediate from this the biggest worry that people had like privacy advocates um in a lot of like like people in civil society was that right now apple says they're not going to like expand this beyond csam material and they probably won't but as soon as you have a law that say for example which is not out of the realm of possibility that the u.s passes a law requesting apple to report terrorist content right they could they would be they would have no choice but to do that and like unlike child abuse material which i think is less of a controversial thing for people terrorism is like what you know one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter right and then what's then you expand that to protests and like it's the it's the traditional slippery slope argument but i think it holds a lot more weight than uh, you know your typical sort of thing and so yeah, basically they had a huge amount of blowback. Um, so bit- and yeah, so they basically they did not roll this out to the newest update, which was the plan, right? Yeah. So after like having all the the pushback, they as of last week, and this is like the news was, and like this was there was many iterations of this where they were like holding their ground, saying that they were going to do this, and then last Friday, um, Apple said that they were going to delay it. Um, indefinitely, but it seems like for a few months to like speak with researchers and members of civil society and advocates. Um, and I think like that was one of the biggest things that I people had an issue with. Yeah, I mean, so are we. We're all. Um, it was like the biggest issue a lot of people had with it. Even people who like think that maybe this is like worthwhile. Apple, who is like supposed to be, you know, in a world of like tech companies and that are like just super increasingly surveillance friendly apple has been like at their best yeah, like the one bright star yeah. and the fact that they rolled this out one the only reason we know about it really was because someone leaked it and two they didn't they didn't contact a single person that was like involved in these type of things for their advice it like really rubbed people the wrong way right and so now they're at least like doing that but as like a lot of people have pointed out, <clears throat> like the Electronic Frontier Foundation, especially, even if you do like go back and ask people like, how are you going to try to like make some adjustments to it? You are running into this type of situation where 
it's kind of an all in or all out type yes. of thing because as soon as you allow the, again, not to hammer on on it, but the fundamental thing is that what it does, it's a new tool that is a paradigm shift because it allows Apple to no longer say we can't touch it. Like our hands aren't tied. Like, right. the, and, and there's, it's really hard to find a way to tweak that where that isn't like the issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I guess like, it's important like to acknowledge that like prior to this point, there was not like, they did not have a means of like actually accessing shit that was just like on your phone, right. like shit that was just downloaded to your, to your device. I mean, that's like, you know, as omniscient as like the sort of security surveillance state seems, and it is in many ways, like this was a, a sort of frontier right. that had heretofore not been crossed. And like, that's what is essentially being quietly rolled out under right. these, these new protocols. Um, and yeah, it sucks. I mean, it's like, it has a lot of really troubling fucking, uh, and a, a lot of troubling uh, implications in the same, much in the same way that like, you know, and, and, and it, it uses a lot of these like same political techniques in the same way that like, you know, the global war on terror and, right. the, and the Patriot Act was like, well, we're doing this for terrorism. And then like, lo and behold, like, you know, something that like, oh, you're, you're in favor of terrorism, you're in right. favor of child pornography. Like, how can you possibly, you know, resist or, 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 or be contrary to? Right. Um, it puts you in a pretty much impossible situation and then, you know, allows them to just further uh, insinuate, you know, state or private observation and control of, of, of people uh, on these, like, very important mediums. Right. Um, well, and so, like, no the, f- good. <laughs> the future is out, right? Like, part of this is that this isn't happening in a vacuum. It's happening as, like, the U.S. and also many other countries are like increasingly interested in tapping into these type of devices for all sorts of type all sorts of material specifically terrorism type of stuff which again is very fraught as like anyone living in the post 911 world yeah. will know um and there's been all sorts of like the US failed to pass like this anti-encryption legislation last year that would have essentially created a backdoor to encryption but you know, Australia did pass one a couple of years ago and the European Union is considering one. And so there is like the broader context is that like the stakes are high because if Apple does decide to do this, like there's plenty of places that are willing to like move on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So. Um, well, OK, so something we'll obviously continue to keep an eye on. Um Never you, never you worry, listener. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it is troubling, though. I mean, uh, part of me just assume, my my perspective is to just assume that everything is deeply compromised. Certainly, like any type of conversation I'm having online. Yeah. Um, and again, you might think like, well, who cares? Like, I'm not really up to anything. But it's like the degree to which, like. Um, you want to you want to reserve the ability to resist, um, you know, uh, just the most like raw form of of domination being thrust on you. It's like these are the sort of channels you need to keep open, like remain um, and ensure that. And it's like these are the type of things that they can very sneakily um, and very easily um, just sort of uh, narrow and and close like an artery. And then when it comes time 
to like do the thing, you just have a heart attack and then your heart explodes. Right. Well, you're not the one being affected until you are, right? right? Like until like maybe you've never been to a protest in your life, but someday like maybe you will because something's going to move you in the extent that you want to do it. But if you're being if you feel too constricted to have the ability to do that, then that day will never come, right? right. And like that's um we're not there yet in a lot of ways, some ways we are, but like that should be something that like we should care about you know yeah i agree um so but yeah i mean that's it we're gonna i think we'll see what happens like a part of this statement that they made is implicit that like they intend to continue rolling out they they didn't say they were gonna stop they said they were gonna like take an advice so we're, we're gonna see what happens right yeah. um but yeah we'll see if they listen to our uh our emails <laughs> um and you know we we are always sending emails on this podcast. Um, and don't don't forget to email us. Also, um, I guess as we wrap up here, follow us on Twitter yes, at sir. the Future Rizal. We have a Twitter account now. Um, me and Mac have now um, honed our message such that we feel capable and entitled to uh, you know bring it to the larger populace to go to the people as it were. So follow us on Twitter at the Future Rizal. Um, if you have a Twitter account, um, we'll be tweeting from there. We'll be posting relevant information, um, um, sort of on the, on the matters that we discuss on the podcast, as well as like, uh, the, the episodes themselves. Um, and, uh, yeah. And feel free to hit us up and contact us with whatever information, um, you may have through the rat lines. Worth saying that, like m- many of you who are probably listening to this right now, have been listening for quite a while, and we really appreciate that. Yes, really. For those who do listen, they've been very loyal listeners. So we do. It means a lot to ha- know that there's Genuinely. people that are like care about what we listen, what we say, and like who regularly speak to us about it, and like that rocks and that makes our day. Um, and we're happy to do it. And you know, if you've already liked and subscribed, great, great. Um. But it would be like super awesome for us because we uh, we're kind of joking about it, but it's true that we'd love to like make this something that more people can hear. Yeah, one hundred. So if there's anyone that you know that you know might be interested, and even if it's a stretch, let them know. You know, send them, let them the podcast. Know. Also, and let go them listen to it. if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, like give us a give us a rating and a review. Yeah. That helps a lot too. Um, we would love to make this like more of a thing for sure. Um, and if you like it. Yeah, like Max said, if you know anyone else who might like it, let them know. Give us a rate, a review, the whole the whole shebang. Yeah, We're going to start doing this now. Every you day. guys are like as much a part of this as we are, you know? Yeah, so 100%. So let's do it together. Uh, let's do it, man. We're going to we're going to fucking rip the cords out of the back of our heads. <laughs> we're going to find our way to Zion. The Matrix 4 is coming out. I don't know if you Dude, saw I'm kind of stuck. I'm not yeah, lie. we're definitely going to have to watch that. We'll for do, the show. We'll, yeah, we'll do an episode. Yeah, we'll do on an that. episode. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Let's go. All right. Um, I guess we'll sign off there, Mac. Word. Sound good? Yeah. Um, all right, you guys. Uh, yeah, keep your eyes peeled. Uh, you know, keep your, keep your mouse hand. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, keep your, your um, tennis elbow band on so you can be clicking on all the links that we send you. Uh, and take part in uh yeah you know what i'm saying we know gotcha cool ciao until then so long fellas peace